uh, about grace. We're going to look here at 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to, our text is verse 10 and verse number 11 as we continue on in this study of grace. Uh, God's grace is a very deep subject. Uh, it is very deep and wide. Uh, is when we look at His grace, it's just, uh, as we've already discussed, it is uh, abundant grace that He gives to us. As we read this morning, where sin doth abound, grace did much more abound. It is it is abounds beyond our sin. We read here in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says in verse 10, says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, and so ye believed. And so Paul says it was by God's grace, his work, all that Paul did, he says, he he did so by the grace of God. It was God's grace that helped him through. It was God's grace that that, uh, helped him to do the work that he did for the Lord. It was God's grace that carried him through all of these. And it was by God's grace that made him what he is, he says, by By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, he says. God's grace, as we've looked already, is more abundant than our sin. And His grace does not come to us in vain. It does what He purposes it to do in us. It accomplishes God's goal in our lives. His grace works, you see. His grace works as He gives it to us. So, are we ever able, considering God's grace, are we able, ever able to truly describe the grace of God? No. We're scratching the surface of it. As we look at what the Scripture says... But it's a blessing for us to try. It's a blessing to to delve into it, to look into what God's grace is, to to see if we can understand more about His grace and what His grace is. We we know the definition that's given to us most often about God's grace is the fact that it is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. It's favor that is extended to us by God that we did not deserve. That there's no part of it that belongs to us. There's no part of it we can we can point to and say, I earned that. That's 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 what God is indebted to me for. This is there no. There's it is wholly unmerited. There's no part of it that we have earned ourselves. It is all a gift from Him. Unmerited favor. It is the redemption plan of God in saving sinners and sustaining them in a right relationship with Him. And He uses that grace to accomplish that, to do that in us. So we're going to see some things that the Scripture describes grace as this evening. Go over to Acts 4. Acts chapter 4. got several verses. We're going to kind of move through them quickly here. 
Acts chapter 4, verse number 33. We see here His grace is told to us it is great grace. Acts chapter 4, verse 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. It is great grace that is given us. Romans chapter 5, verse number 21. We read that verse this morning even. Romans 5 and verse 21. We see here, as it is described for us, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. This, His grace reigns. It is sovereign grace. Sovereign grace. It reigns, you see. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. We find here it is rich grace that He gives to us. Ephesians 1 verse number 7. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. According to the riches of His rich grace that He gives unto us. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9. No, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 14. I don't know how I jumped. I must jump down there a little bit because there's another one in chapter 12, I guess. Is what it was. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 9 14. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 14. Here we find it says, By their power for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. It is exceeding grace. That's very much like the abounding grace that is described to us there. It is exceeding grace. In chapter 12, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse number 9, we see here it is all sufficient grace. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. Love this passage of Scriptures. Paul describes this thorn in the flesh and afflicted him so and he desired God to remove that thorn from him and God told him no no I'm not going to do that and he says to him in verse 9 here he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore Paul says will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me And so His grace is sufficient for every trial, for every struggle, for every tribulation that comes in our lives. It is sufficient grace that God gives us to deal with those things, to face those things, to overcome those things. He gives us sufficient grace. It is sufficient His grace that He extends to us. 1 Peter chapter 4 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 10. First Peter 4 and verse 10. 
Peter calls it manifold grace here. Manifold grace. He says, uh, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God. It is abundant grace, as we've already read there. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he tells us that it is abounding grace or abundant grace. In Ephesians 1, and verse number 6, he calls it glorious grace even. To the praise of the glory of His grace, he says. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. It is glorious grace. Grace. And so grace is described as this in the Scripture, as great, as sovereign, as rich, exceeding, manifold, all-sufficient, abundant, and glorious. We find it's also the source of several things. The first thing we find it is the source of, in Romans chapter 11 and verse number 5, we find that it is the source of, of our election unto God. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 5. Romans 11 and verse 5. He said, Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. According to the election of grace. So it's the source of our election. Grace is. We see in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 15. We see here it's the source of the call of God to us. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by His grace. Called me by His grace. It's the source. It's the source of God's call to us. Romans 3, verse number 24. Romans 3 and verse number 24. We see here it is the source of of our justification as well. Romans 3, verse number 24. Paul writes here, being justified freely by His grace. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so we see that it is the source of our justification. Acts chapter 18. Acts 18, verse number 27. Acts 18, verse number 27. We see here it is the source of our faith. He says, when He was disposed to pass into Achaia... The brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive Him, who when He was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. Which had believed through grace. And so it is that source of our faith 
there as well. Now, we see also uh, in uh, Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse, let's see, verse 7 through 9. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. We see that it is the source of our forgiveness as well. Ephesians 1. Verse 7 through 9, he says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Grace then is the source of our forgiveness as well. And so we see it is the source also of our salvation. In chapter 2, verse 5 there, down through verse number 9, he says, Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so it's the source of our salvation as well. It is the source of our hope. It is the source of our consolation. The Scripture said in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse number sixteen. It's the source of our consolation. The grace is, is given to us is the source of all of these things pertaining to who we are in Christ and what we have in Him. It all comes to us through the grace of God. As He extends that grace to us, that unmerited favor that we have no claim to, we have no desert for that, and yet He is the one that gives that all to us by His grace. By His grace. And so we see it is given, specifically we find it says He gives it to ministers, In Romans chapter 12, verse number 6, he gives it to the humble, he says. In James chapter 4 and verse number 6, he gives it to those that walk uprightly, as David would write in Psalm chapter 84 and verse number 11. Paul says it was the grace of God here in our text that made him what he was, he said. It's It's what molded him to do the work that God had given him to do. And it was God's grace that did the work, even. So so it was God's grace that made him what he was. It's God's grace that did the work in him. So, God's grace found us. We find that in the Scripture. Go over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter number 3, verse 10 And verse 11. Romans 3, verse 10 and verse number 11. This is a very familiar passage to you. He says, As it is written, there is none righteous, 
No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. There's none that understand. There's none that seeketh after God. So what does that tell us? That tells us in order for us to have Christ, He had to come find us. Because we're not going to find Him. We're not going to look for Him. That's not in us. In that, in the old sinful nature, we're, we're going to follow after self. We're not going to follow after Him. And we find that example given to us over and over and over and over again throughout the Scriptures. As those that would see Christ, those that would look upon Him. We think of those those me, Moses for one, he was there in the in the in the wilderness there taking care of the sheep, and God come to him in the form of the burning bush there and called him to himself and, and called Moses to his work there and what he was going to do. You have Matthew, he comes to Matthew there and simply says, Follow me. Matthew throw down his 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 life's work there as a tax collector and follow the Lord. Alright, here I am. And so <laughs> he, he came to Him, you see. And we see that example given to us over and over and over again. Zacchaeus climbed up in a sycamore tree just to see Him as He walked by. And the Lord stops and calls Him down. Come on down, Zacchaeus. I'm going to your house today. Salvation has come to your house. And He goes to Him. Paul, on the road to Damascus, Saul at the time, on the road to Damascus to deliver those papers to arrest the Christians that had scattered even to Damascus out of Israel, out of Jerusalem there to get away from the persecution that was there. Paul, on his way to deliver those papers, is met on the road by the Lord. By that great light that blinded him, knocked him off his horse, and, and then and immediately he knew who it was. Who art thou, Lord, he said. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, he told Paul, or Saul at that time. He finds us. And so God's grace is brought to us by God. He is the one that seeks us out, you see. And so God's grace finds us. We do not find it. It finds us. It is God's grace that saves us. We read that there just a moment ago in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, as Paul spoke to this very issue about how God's grace comes to us, because he begins the chapter there describing the fact that we are dead in trespasses and sins. And so how can we go looking for something being dead? How can we have that something that, that is going to save our souls being dead in trespasses and sins? And he tells us there that it's God who has quickened us, and you have He quickened. It's, it's God that has made us alive. He begins the chapter. But then he describes the problems of our sin in verse 2 and 3 there and the reality of that sin. And then he begins to describe God's intervention for us in that in verse number 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. And he tells us there in verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. God's grace saves us. We read there in Ephesians, I'm sorry, uh, Romans chapter 3. Again in verse 21. Uh, we read verse 10 and 11 there just a moment ago. We can read here in, in verse 21. 
as he says here down from verse 21 down through verse 26, he says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is given by which is by faith rather of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him that believeth in Jesus. And so it's God's grace that has redeemed us. It is God's grace that saves us. We are sinners before Him. We've all sinned, He says. We've all come short of the glory of God. But God has given us Christ, He said. Again, again verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemptions in Christ Jesus. Then notice what he says there in verse verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. In other words, it's, it, it is God that has found us. It is God that gives us His grace. And it is through the finished work of Christ Jesus our Lord uh, that is, it is on that account that He gives that grace to us. It's on that very work that Jesus has done in our place. So that, He says in verse 26, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just in God giving to us the righteousness of Christ, He remains the just God. The holy God, His holiness is satisfied in the Lord Jesus. So that when He gives us His grace, He's not sidestepping our sin. He's not looking over it. He's not ignoring it. He remains the just God because Jesus was our propitiation, as He says there in verse 25. Jesus took our place. And He paid for us the penalty of our sin and in return gives to us His righteousness as He says there in verse 25 so that when God sees us to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, God remains the just God and at the same time the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus because Jesus has made it possible. He has worked all of our salvation for us so that God remains just and the justifier at the same time through the blood of Christ Jesus. And so that's by His grace that that is accomplished for us, you see. And so His grace saves us. We as man are holy without merit We are holy without merit, but we are also justified freely 
by His grace in Christ Jesus our Lord. We see there in in, uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, Paul speaks here um, as he's praying for Israel. He says here in these first four verses of chapter 10, he says, Rather my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And so he says here, they, they, are, they have a zeal for God, they have a zeal for the things of God, but they're striving after Him in their own works, in the things that they can do. And they are declaring themselves as righteous because they see themselves as performing the things God would have them to perform. They were, they were keeping the law outwardly. And so keeping the law outwardly, I'm good to go. I've got my box checked. I've done everything God required of me. But Jesus comes on the scene and says, you hear it said, but I say unto thee. (laughs) He, He turned the whole thing up on its head and speaks concerning the spirit of the law and not just the letter of the law. Because what he declares to them is they might be keeping it outwardly. It might all look good for them in front of their own eyes. But the reality was their heart was still breaking the law of God. Inwardly, they were still sinners. Inwardly, they were still failing God. Inwardly, they were still transgressing every day His law. And they weren't willing to look at that. They were ignoring that. They they thought as long as they were doing it outwardly, everything was okay. And they were hoping in the things that they had done. And the Lord declares to them, no, 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 that's not good enough. That's not good enough because your heart is still wicked. Your heart still is full of sin. You're still breaking the law of God in your own hearts. And so Paul was very conscious of that as he prays here for those of Israel declaring their need for Christ. And he says there again in verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. What are we believing? We're believing that it is in Christ Jesus that we have salvation. He has kept the law in my place. He has kept it for me. And this is all accomplished. All of this is accomplished. We are not deserving of any of it. It is accomplished because of God's grace. Because of His grace. Grace, God's grace saved us. God's grace fits us for our task. Uh, We just read there in our text Paul said there in 1 Corinthians 15 that it was the grace of God that made him who he was. Chapter 15, verse 10, he says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, 
but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me, he says. And so grace fit him for his task. It fit him for the purpose to do the work that God had given him to do. Galatians chapter 1. Notice with me what Paul writes here. Verse 15 and 16 of Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1 verse 15 and 16. Paul says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I to Jerusalem to them which were the apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. So Paul's saying the Lord is the one that instructed him. So he gave him grace to do that work, and it gave him grace to instruct Paul concerning these things of what he was to do, the things he was to proclaim and preach. God in his grace fit him for this task of his apostleship to go forth and do the work that God had given him to do. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8 here. Romans 12, verse 6 through 8. He says here, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. For he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. In other words, whatever the ministry is, whatever the talents is, whatever the gifts are that God has given us, He gives us the grace to perform those things. He gives us the grace necessary for us to do the things that He has given for us to do. Verse 6 again there. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given. According to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let it prophesy. So God in His grace, He is the one that gifts us in His grace to do the things that He's called us to do to do the things that He has given for us to accomplish. His grace, then, is not only equipping us, but we find very... uh, We need to... I should say we need to remind ourselves constantly that that grace that He gives us to do to equip us is all-sufficient grace. We, we We can get so hung up in our inabilities. We can get so hung up 
in, in our failures of the past, we can get so hung up in our own weaknesses that we'll use those as excuse to not do anything. But He gives us grace. Paul is teaching us that concerning. He gives us grace to do the work that He's given us to do. And the grace that He gives is all-sufficient grace. We can trust Him. We can trust Him that we can do the, the tasks that He's given us. We can trust Him that we can be the witnesses that we need to be. We can trust Him that we can minister the Gospel to those around us as He has given us to do because His grace is sufficient to help us to do those things that He's given us to do. We are to trust Him and say, Okay, Lord, <laughs> I, I am incapable. I am, I am not able to do this in and of myself, but I know You are. And so we are to trust Him to do what He has given for us to do, knowing His grace will fit us to do the work that He's given for us to accomplish, to give the work to, to do the work that He's given for us to get done. His grace is all sufficient. Again, that's what Paul was told there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. My grace is sufficient for thee. Paul is saying concerning that thorn in the flesh, Lord, you really need to take this thorn away from me. I can serve you so much better. This thorn is hindering me. Can you imagine how much more I could do for you if this thorn was not a part of my life? If this, this problem was removed from me? If this sickness was gone? If this, if this situation was no longer in my life? How much more can I serve you? How better? Could I serve you, Lord? And the Lord says, uh-uh, Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. Not, not your health. Not the removal of this thorn. Not, not so that I'd make you healthier. Are you going to my grace, my grace is what makes you do the work that you've done. My grace is what carries you through. My grace is what keeps it keeps you going. My grace is what makes it makes it work. My grace is sufficient for this. And his strength, he said, was made perfect in weakness. He shined through Paul's thorn in the flesh. He shined through that so that the glory of Christ could be seen. Even in Paul's ailment. And so Paul said, I'd rather glorify, glory. I'd rather glory in my infirmities. It's hard to do. That's hard to recognize. I, I do a lot more complaining about my infirmities than I do glorying in them. Paul said, I'd rather glory in them. Because it is God's grace, it is His grace that fits us for the task. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 7 and verse 8. Second Corinthians 8 verse 7 and 8. Paul says, therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, 
and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in His grace. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. He fits us by His grace to do His work. He equips us to do that work. We are exhorted in the Scripture to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To grow in His grace. It is His grace. It is His grace that is supplied to us. It is the grace that is the source of all these wondrous gifts that we receive from our Lord. And it is His grace that fits us for the tasks that He has given us in our lives. Oh Lord, give me more grace. Give me more grace. That I may grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord's Word of Prayer. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You again for this day. We thank You, Father, for Your goodness to us, for Your grace and mercy that You've extended to us this day. So thankful, Father, for your blessings of life that we enjoy every day. We pray that you would just apply your word to our hearts. Help us to to look to the grace that you have given us, Father, that we might rejoice in that ever-present blessing that you pour out upon us uh, in this grace, Father, that we so often take for granted. Father, we praise you that we have it this day. Father, go with us now as we... Uh, Go into our time of business. Help us, Lord, that we might honor Your name in it all, that we might do everything decently and in order before You. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.